You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast, following Kansas State's 38-21 road victory at Texas Tech on Saturday night. I'm GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald, joined by... Our staff's own Cole Carmody here in the Cats and Dogs studio in Manhattan. Zach Carlson and Ryan Gilbert are on the ground in Lubbock, still doing post-game coverage mm-hmm. as we speak. But we hit the record button as soon as we could. As soon as I was done doing other stuff. But uh, let's read some stats here, Cole. Please do. First of all, uh, hello. Good to see you. Thank you. Glad you brought a producer with you. Yep. We could use the help. Total yards, Texas Tech outgained Kansas State 480 to 436. Passing yards, 298 to 163. K-State did have more rushing yards, of course, 273 to 162. Penalties, 5 for 45 for both teams. First downs, 23-23. You just go down these stats and you see a close game. In fact, Texas Tech ran 79 plays to 64 yards. Or 64 for Kansas State. What am I saying? Uh, K-State had a slight edge in time of possession. Now the turnovers were a bit telling. Three for Tech and zero for K-State. Cole, can you come up with what was maybe the difference in the game between these two teams since the stats don't show any difference? Uh, One freshman quarterback was really, really good. And one freshman quarterback was really, really bad. Yes, that was it. Avery Johnson comes in. He was going to rotate with Will Howard throughout the game. We knew that coming in when we expected that. Chris Kleiman had basically said that. It looked like it was going to happen, and it happened. And K-State may never look back. Avery Johnson, absolutely incredible. Now, look, defenses are going to adjust to him. But he had five rushing touchdowns. He scored every K-State touchdown after Will Howard led the offense down the field for three points on the opening drive. Five rushing touchdowns. It's incredible. And, and it wasn't like he was picking up, you know, we get it down to the one, everyone yeah. takes down the one, you score. He earned these. In fact, mm-hmm. a 30-yard run right through that tech defense um, to give K-State the lead back in the third quarter. And K-State never looked back was absolutely electric. It was incredible. This kid is so fast, reads blocks so well. I don't care if you do try to defend him. He'll run through any gap and get up the field. He's just efficient. He opened up the run game for Treshawn Ward, who went for 118 on 15 carries. 
So Treshawn Ward averaged 7.9 yards per carry and Avery Johnson (laughs) 7.6 yards per carry. That's just killer. That that, that he absolutely he didn't break 100 yards, but he broke a lot of hearts in Lubbock. 12 carries, 91 yards, five freaking touchdowns, Cole. He could have had six. Yes, he could. Instead of scoring another touchdown, Avery Johnson decided to be a nice gentleman and ice out the game, which, by the way, Texas Tech calling timeouts to try and get the ball back down 17 points with two minutes left to go in the game. Um, I don't think Chris Kleiman would have been too frustrated with Avery Johnson had he just walked into the end zone on his final run. I have never seen a quarterback run the way that Avery does. You've seen quarterbacks like Colin Klein who can read blocks, and then they have the explosive to get down the field. They can take a hit, get right back up. I've seen quarterbacks who have speed that can get to the edge, who can make cuts. But Avery Johnson runs the ball like a running back, and he's faster than everybody on the field. I mean, that is, to me, the the most crazy part about this game was K-State decided in the most important time of the game on a third and ten with – Arguably, I mean, the season in the balance. Instead of throwing the football or trying to run a crossing route, they ran quarterback power, and he took it to the house. That was the defining moment in that game. He's not really a power runner either. He's, uh, you know, I was surprised by this. The, you know, coaches meet with the TV talent before every game, usually on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes our coordinators are late be coming to our press opportunity because they've been still talking to the TV announcers. Chris Kleiman told the guys from FS1 who weren't there, yeah. another studio performance. They actually did a pretty they, good. I thought they were good, yeah. Um, that Avery Johnson's the fastest guy on the team. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. I had not heard that. I had heard he was one of the fastest. But for him to say he's the fastest, not even close. And he showed it. He's not just fast. He's quick. And you yep. got to understand the difference between those two because when he cut, he's up to top speed pretty damn quick. And he's out. Yeah. It's... It's amazing because Tech eventually adjusted, so he handed the ball to Treshawn, and Treshawn tore him up. He looked good, by the way. He looked good. That is that is a storyline that we'll have to talk more about this week. I think it's pretty clear who your number one running back should be right now. Yep, I fully agree with that. And um, man, then he started throwing the ball and completed eight to nine. I think his incompletion was a throwaway. I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, that's it for the podcast. <laughs> I look, it, it, I, I don't want to overreact. I mean, because the game of football is filled with great backup quarterbacks who stepped on the field, totally baffled a team, prepared for another quarterback, did things that they weren't prepared for, and ripped them. I've seen it happen to K-State. Yeah. I think there was a game at Colorado many years ago where they threw a guy on the field that we ne- never had heard of. Mm-hmm. Last A few years ago, Baylor did it. Blake Shapin, yep, and it baffled K State, yep. and uh, now those guys haven't were never the same. I mean, they were good, but they just the element of surprise. Now everyone knows who Avery Johnson is. What he did against Simo was not a fluke. He looks better in this game than he get, did against Southeast mm-hmm. Missouri, and this is a Texas Tech team that's been playing pretty good football. Yeah, they're good. I mean, that defense for Texas Tech, we talked about it earlier in the week, but there had been some, there's definitely been some flaws with this Texas Tech defense. Uh, One of those was stopping the quarterback run. And so when Chris Kleiman mentioned that we might see Avery Johnson, he talked about it in his postgame comments on postgame radio was we wanted to use him because we they were giving us quarterback run, which why Texas Tech decided to just give K-State quarterback run is a little bit beyond me. Um, but they did. 
and he took advantage of it. I, I want to go back, and I tweeted this out during the game, but it's worth repeating. Last year, Adrian Martinez, 12 carries, 171 yards, three touchdowns. Deuce Vaughn, 23 carries, 170 yards. They aimed for 343 yards last night or last year against Texas Tech. Well, if you listen to the Powercat pregame podcast, you heard our Ryan Wallace talk in length about mm-hmm. how Tech gives up yards to running quarterbacks or to any quarterbacks, not even running ones. So it was going to be open for Will Howard. We didn't see, you know, that much of the running game. I'm not sure what Will's stats were from him, but as soon as they put Avery in, Chris Kleiman said they're playing, you know, single safety high and they're just letting us have the quarterback run game and we took it. And it took forever to tech to try to adjust. And then Avery Johnson and Colin Klein, the offense coordinator, adjusted and still made the plays. And like you said, um, you want to talk about a, a true freshman having knowledge of the game, it would have been so easy for Avery John to say six touchdowns mm-hmm. in a game. Here I go. Nope. He slid to a, got the first down, slid down, ran out the clock, got the win. I'm going to give flowers to the offensive line too. Oh, they were good. I mean, they were really, really good. And I thought Hayden Gillum had arguably one of his better games of his career. Uh, I'll have to go back and kind of dig more into the film, but multiple times he was able to get to the second level and really make Avery spring Avery for, you know, those longer runs. Will Swanson key block on that touchdown run for uh, Avery Johnson, uh, his first one or second one, I should say that the one that put K state in the lead. Um, yeah, it was just it was cool. And and Ben Sennett. I mean, we're sitting here talking about blocking when you run for five touchdowns, like that's obviously a big thing. Ben but Sennett blocked everyone. That was incredible. He pancaked a, a he pancaked a safety and then kicked out a cornerback on the same play. And if he didn't do either one of those, K-State wasn't going to score a touchdown. Avery was not going to be able to score. But the fact that he pancaked one guy, kicked out another guy, opened up a lane for Avery, I mean, that is NFL-type stuff to go along with six receptions for 72 yards. How many times was he targeted? Oh, it doesn't show it on the stats, does it? Six targets. Six targets, six receptions. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Benson had one of his best games. And again, for a team that only threw the ball 14 times, a completion percentage rate of 78% as a team between Will and Avery. And I'll just say this. I actually did not think that when Will was in the game, he performed bad. It was just obvious that if they were going to give K-State the quarterback run game, like Chris Kleiman said, if you're giving us that, we'll take it. If they weren't giving you quarterback run game, we would have seen more of Will Howard in that game. I wonder at what point they realized we got to change what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it wasn't until his second touchdown of the second half, which mm-hmm. was his fourth of the game, wasn't it? He scored, yeah, he scored all five touchdowns. Yeah. Score, I mean, and then they finally said, oh, maybe we should do something different. And it still didn't work because that opened up other things which the freshman took advantage of. And as I mentioned, Chris Kleiman said after the game, they planned on rotating the two. Um, but I don't know how... Um, you can go back to Will Howard as your starter, or at least as your full-time quarterback. Maybe he starts, and you you do the same thing, and then you go with a hot hand against TCU. But um, I I won't be surprised if Will Howard starts, mm-hmm. just because he's earned it. He took this team to a Big Twelve title, um, and then continued to be a leader on the sideline. But uh, you got to play Avery Johnson. You have to. You just have to. I mean, there's no way you can. This has been my point. I kept having people say, well, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's a nice cliche, but you know what's a better cliche? Put your best athletes mm-hmm. on the field. Mm-hmm. And they weren't doing that. They weren't doing that. And we 
became more and more alarmed by it because I think they were just putting Avery in a box in which she doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. Even in the first half, they were fits. Yeah. They refused to throw the ball with Avery in the yeah. first half until they kind of started to realize we have to try something else or else we're just going to, you know. Kill a kid. We're going to slam our hand in a car door. I will yeah. save the uh, the R-rated version of that saying. But you know what happens if you slam your hand in a car door over and over again? Are you going to keep doing it? Uh, the answer to that question is no. But in the first half, when Avery was in, they were slamming their hand in a car door. Right. Um, so, but I thought it was a really good adjustment by Colin Klein because there was some. I'll, I'll just say it: the play calling was not good in the first half. No, oh, it, it was not good, and it was going to be a reason if they continued down that track. Regardless, if it was Will Howard or Avery Johnson, they were going to lose. There's no doubt in my mind they would have lost this game 24 to 21 if that play calling of run, run pass would have continued because it would have been run, run, pass, punt. That that would have happened. Yep. In game seven last year, Will Howard came off the bench at TCU and put a fire under K-State. And then the fire kept going through the end of the season all the way through the Big 12 championship. He defined what K-State was going to be offensively, and he gave them life. The team noticeably played better with Will Howard on the field than Adrian Martinez and the play calling that accompanied him. Almost a year later, week seven is again TCU, but in week six, Avery Johnson came in and did all of those things times 10. He redefined what this K-State's offense about. He put everyone in the conference on notice, hey, I'm a, I'm a true freshman, have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he threw the ball around to make sure they understood, I can do this too if you want to come up and try to stuff me at the line of scrimmage, which everyone will do. But the moment of the game for me, uh, Cole, and I did the post-game analysis, and we have a defining moment in there, and I picked the Avery Johnson touchdown followed by three interceptions that led to a couple more scores. That was my defining moment in that, and we need to talk about those three interceptions after the break. But for me, the defining moment was halftime because Avery Johnson hadn't played the entire half, He played a chunk of it, and he led K-State to two touchdowns, scoring them both, 17-14 in halftime, knowing Tech was going to get the ball to start the second half, and they took the lead. Avery Johnson was the last guy to leave the sidelines. Mm. TV showed this. Mm -hmm. He stood on that sideline and slapped hands with every player to walk towards that locker room until there was no more, and then he went to the locker room. That's a true freshman. Understanding the role of a quarterback and the leadership that you must provide to the entire team. Yep. Especially when they're still trying to figure out who you are. Right. Great quarterbacks make the defense better, make special teams better. And I think we saw when he came in the game and redefined how the momentum of this game was going, the defense got better, had those three picks. And the special teams got fired up. Seth Porter was a man possessed. In fact, uh, if his dad, Mark, is listening, you might want to uh, schedule rabies shots because <laughs> I think he was a rabid dog. Yeah. He was just – he was blowing up every Texas Tech kickoff return you could think of, and that was the strength of their game. Coming into the game, you and I shared the real fear that Kansas State was going to lose because of special teams. Mm-hmm. And instead, we saw Chris Tennant nail a 47-yard field goal. The punting was fantastic. Um, and Seth Porter stopped everything. I mean, everything. Now, blocking on returns 
remains awful. Yeah. In fact, yeah. poor Philip Brooks tried to return a punt, which he had a little bit of room. But then, like, the next five guys all were unblocked. Nobody blocked anyone. Yeah, they tried to set up a left return, and it got punted to the right, and it was bad. But, yeah, I mean, they won special teams for the first time all year. Yep. Right? I mean, really, I'm not counting SEMO. Yeah. This was the first time they have won special teams, and it was almost like Seth, he 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 hears what leader. people are saying, and he understands that if K-State wants to be successful, they have to be successful on that unit. They were successful on that unit, and yeah, it just everything goes back to the quarterback position, doesn't it? I just, it's amazing what happens, and and I was, I, I will be the first to admit, this whole week I thought Will Howard was going to have a massive game. I thought Will was going to come out and he was going to silence the haters, as you could say. Um, he didn't end up doing that, but he didn't need to because there was another guy that came in in relief of him and and performed amazingly and so uh it was just it was i'm still trying to wrap my mind around it you know i'm probably not going to really realize what i saw for another few days but that's why i like that's why this podcast is important to hear you know our immediate reactions and thoughts and my immediate reaction to that game is just i don't think anybody would have expected maybe the outcome i think people could have expected the outcome but the way it happened nobody would have predicted that yeah, even the biggest of the Avery Johnson yeah. supporters were going to yeah, – if you put him in, he'll have five touchdowns. Yeah. No, that was not on the table. An absolutely incredible performance performance by the freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback, as K-State wins 38-21. We'll get into a little bit more of the defense side of the ball. We'll look down the road at what this means for Kansas State, how this – redefines the season just as last week might have redefined the season they're back on track they're back in control of their destiny but destiny isn't going to be easy a lot of speed bumps ahead we'll be right back on the power cap post game podcast sponsored by my dogs <laughs> they're both asleep gopowercat.com's power cap podcast continues after this short break this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Post Game Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Cole Carmody, and the Cats and Dogs Studio. The Cats win, the dogs fell asleep. That's how it's going to work out. K State 38 21 as we sit here in the studio watching Colorado State, who has a quarterback with long blonde hair. The knockoffs have already started. <laughs> Sunshine leads the Cats to victory. And if you don't know, Avery Johnson's nickname is Sunshine, and I think you'll know it from now on. Yeah. He uh, he lit up a stadium on a blackout night in Lubbock and absolutely took over and lit up all the college football with an electric performance that was absolutely incredible. But as much as impact as he had on the game, K-State's defense needed to be better. They gave up a lot of yardage in this contest, but they didn't give up a lot of points. And then in the second half, after Tech had to go to their third-string quarterback, bless his heart, mm -hmm. who was not ready for this, he did look good on their first possession. He did. He led them to a touchdown. Well. And then. Yeah, touchdown. I'm going to say that in quotations. Yeah. Continue. And then three interceptions. <laughs> yes. 
three straight interceptions, maybe four if Kobe Savage actually was the same possession. Mm-hmm. So Kobe Savage basically ended the same possession twice. He actually dropped one interception, had to get it on a replay, and then he picked it off in the end zone later. We talked to Joe Klanderman on two, on Thursday about a lack of turnovers, a need to create more turnovers. Problem solved? They brought the house, Fitz. Yeah, as soon as they went to the freshman, they they sat back in zone so the defensive backs could have an eye on the ball and brought the house at the young quarterback and got him a lot of pressure. And, and the reason why Strong had to come into this game was because they were consistently hitting Baron Morton, and he didn't want to be out there. Like, I'll just say that there were times where he would get hit. I think he threw a touchdown in the first half. That would have been on the um, maybe it wasn't the the pass interference was from strong. The non pass interference, I should say. But there was a play where Baron Morton threw a pass towards the end zone and Khalid Duke just absolutely murdered him. And and he got back up, but he didn't want to get back up. Yeah. And the physicality level of this defense today, did they miss some tackles? Yeah, they missed a lot of tackles, especially in the first half. I was really impressed with this defense, especially the defensive front. You go look at the the rushing yards. Taj Brooks, 17 carries for 98 yards. Now, is that probably where Joe Klanderman wants at 5.8 yards a rush? No, but compared to what Taj Brooks had been doing, it had been pretty good, and I yeah. think most of his yards actually came after contact. Very seldom was he able to just break through the line, break through the line. He was getting hit, you know, a yard or two past the line just of scrimmage, fighting and going, guys off. yeah, and just going two or three more yards. So that was more on Taj Brooks. But once you made Texas Tech one dimensional, they were toast. I mean, they were just toast, especially with Strong in there. So credit the defense. I, I thought they played great. Austin Romaine had probably his best game of the season. I thought he played really well at first, times. First career sack. Yeah, first career sack. I mean, broken hand. I don't think – did we even know about we that? We had no idea yeah. until the announcers – thanks, Chris Kleiman, for telling us. Yeah. He's told gonna, the announcers that. He, he broke his hand last week, a wrist or something. Playing with a club on, and, and then he hurts his neck, but stick comes back into the game. I mean – it was just impressive. And Jake Clifton had a really good game until he had the targeting call. Actually, it was a good thing for him that it happened with 50 seconds left to go in the half wow. because otherwise he would have had to have missed the first half. Had that happened uh, two minutes later of actual game time, he would have been out for uh, the first half of the TCU game. So good for Jake that that happened when that did happen. But that was a momentum swing. If K-State ended up – this ended up being a close game with K-State and Tech, I think you can go back to that play as the, the one that – you circle because that was a fumble and K-State got it and they could have gone in and had a two score lead at halftime. Instead, Texas tech drives down the field, ultimately gets a touchdown. They get the ball coming out and then they score again. And it it would have looked completely different. um, Had, I mean, they gotten that fumble. Look, we can argue about that call. I think by the definition of how they call targeting, it was, it was a violent Mm -hmm. hit. Um, to me, it's called football, yeah. but that's what the game's ruled now. Um, it caused a fumble, and I i don't know. I didn't think there was anything dirty about it. I mean, if you're going down the middle of the field trying to catch a pass, uh, that's part of the game. That's There was no intent to injure. No. There was no intent to light him up, light him up and— And that should be what targeting's yeah. about. He was trying to jar the ball loose. Right. You lower your helmet to spear. 
Look, did he hit him with his helmet? Yeah, but that wasn't the intent. Your head's the first thing to get there. All right. I just, I, I don't think there's common sense in it. They're trying to protect players. I get it. Austin Moore, eight tackles, led the Cats. Kobe Savage, seven. Jacob Parrish, who did play, mm-hmm. um, six. That was a big part of this game. Marquis Siegel, uh, six. Some more problems on the back end with him. And like I said, they had two sacks, one by Cleed Duke and one by Austin Romaine. A really solid defensive effort, but a lot of yards given up. Worried about that? Mm-hmm. No, because of how many plays Texas Tech ran. Do they have that on the stat sheet? Yeah, some plays. We're, we're Total use, plays, 79. We're Texas, using uh, stats off the internet. So Te- Texas funny. Tech ran 79 plays. K-State ran 64. So remember a few weeks ago when K-State ran four, or 82 plays and scored 44 points against UCF? Well, on 79 plays, K-State only gave up 21 points. So Texas Tech was going really fast. They were getting to third downs. They were, had 13 third down attempts and five fourth down attempts. They were getting to third down a lot. And K-State was pretty successful. Four of 13 on third downs is pretty dang good. And even three of five on fourth down against Texas Tech, I, I think you have to take that because that's typically a fourth and three situation or less. I thought K-State was really good in that, in that department. But I think the yards just come from being gassed and from how many plays Texas Tech ran. Like, it was clear in the fourth quarter, Jacob Parrish was gassed. Yeah. I mean, we'll just call it how it is. He hadn't played in how long? I mean, he he they obviously had the bye week, and then he didn't play against Oklahoma State. So first game action in a while, he was gassed. Some of those guys, Matthew Mashmeyer was on the field, Fitz. Those guys were gassed. Yep. They're running out of bodies at yeah. some point. Special teams, I want to back up and talk about um, Jake Bloomer. Um, right, Jake? Did I just get that wrong? Well, Kleiman calls him Jake, but it's Jack. That's right. Yeah. That's where I got that from. Mm-hmm. Jack Bloomer, five uh, punts, averaged 44 yards, including a long of 55. All five were inside the 20-yard line. It's kind of amazing how he is like turned into a weapon. Like There's been no drop-off between him and Ty Zintner. Who would have thought? Yeah, he's been really good. He's been so good we don't talk about him right. because he's been rock solid. Um, uh, they did try Treshawn Ward as a returner on the kickoff. And the, the broadcast called him Philip Brooks in the very beginning part Well, the they kind of look the same between that they eight do. and nine. They do with the it's hair. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, so uh, they tried some new stuff on special teams. Mostly what they accomplished in this game with O'Cole was rediscovering their fire. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't have it for – that much in the first half is like they're trying to build up to it, trying to build up to it. And then the kid um, named Sunshine let him up. And uh, it does kind of redefine things going forward. But, boy, if the lesson hasn't been learned, guys, you're not good enough to look past teams yeah. in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, look, Oklahoma State turned around. Great game. Kansas played well. Oklahoma State won. Kansas played its ass off and lost by seven. K-State stunk it up last week and lost by eight. Um Oklahoma State's back on track, has a win over both of them. They'll get the Sunflower Showdown trophy this year. They're just going to give it to Oklahoma State. Is Oklahoma State the third best team in this conference? I don't think so. I think Kansas State is. I I mean, I'm with you. I agree with that, but. And now what Kansas State needs to do and where I'm going with this is they come home and play a TCU team that kicked the living crap out of BYU. I was unbelievable. Mm, I was shocked. I I was shocked. That was so bad. Beer sales in Provo occurred. <laughs> That's yeah. how bad it Maybe was. Maybe a little bit more than beer. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I didn't want to get too crazy with this. <laughs> uh, and uh, But TCU's got to feel better, too, coming in here after when they lost it. Where did they lose that last week? They got they played awful. Iowa State? Iowa State. Iowa State. <sighs> Iowa State kicked the crap out of uh, Cincinnati. So suddenly some of those teams that still are on K-State's schedule, TCU next week, Houston beating West Virginia the week after, kind of fluky. I get it, but... They did. They both have some wins this week. Those are the next two opponents. You have to take care of business. You have to defend your home field. If you do that from here on out, the worst you'll be is eight and four. And your two road games remaining because you just got half of your Big 12 road games out of the way back to back. The schedule's now to K-State's advantage. They have four at home and two on the road. Wow. One on the road is in Lourdes. That's that's amazing. That is an amazing, amazing Part about this schedule, right? I yeah. mean, you leave the state of Kansas one time the rest of the year. And where do you go? Austin, Texas, where the Big 12 title appearance will go through. Mm-hmm. you got to win in Austin if you want to go to the Big 12 championship game. Period. They have a loss, but you got to have the tiebreaker by beating them. And so I'm, even if you lose another game, you got the tiebreaker. And I'm going to say this. And I'm not. I'm. We're not looking. I mean, we're in the media. We can look ahead. That's what our our job is to get people yep. to look ahead, so they can interact with us, right? So that's our job. And, I, and I'll just say this: assuming K State can take care of business, which is not always a very good assumption. Like we like we just said, that TCU game is going to be tough. Um, we'll obviously be able to break that down in in depth here this week. But you go to Austin after beating TCU, after beating Houston, with Avery Johnson as your quarterback. Avery Johnson is faster than a lot of those guys on Texas. If you're mm-hmm. looking for the speed element, because that's what you have to have to beat Texas. You have to have some kind of speed because they have speed all over the field. Well, Avery Johnson can match Texas's speed. Mm-hmm. Does he maybe give you the best chance to win that game? Like that's that's where you're looking at. And, you know, we'll see how Texas comes out next weekend against Houston, which, by the way, by the way, that could turn into be a sneaky game. That is in Houston against Texas. Houston's coming off of a big win. I'm not saying it's going to be an upset, but Texas is going to be a double-digit double digit favorite. I smell like Oklahoma State, K-State vibes mm, with that game. Well, that's interesting you say that. I will say this about Houston. I think they're incredibly horribly coached. They are horrible. I've yes. never been a fan. I'll just leave it at that. Dana Horse. It seems like a guy I want to have a, a Red Bull vodka with, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um they are really athletic. They are. They are the kind of athletes that kind of pester Houston or pester Texas and give them trouble. I really believe that. I don't think they'll win, but I think they're going to – I would bet the uh, the spread on Houston. Mm-hmm. I'm, I imagine it's going to be like 16. Yeah, it's going to be big. I mean, that's potentially the best team, one of the top two team in the conference versus the bottom two team in the conference. But this conference is suddenly turning into anybody can beat anybody. I, I said on our live today that I thought all dogs could win outright. And I was close. All of them did, except for BYU, obviously. Um, Which you thought you were going to win. Right. I was very confident in that. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. But this is a turning. I think K-State's win today is probably the best win, maybe outside of Houston over West Virginia, uh, of any team in the conference, simply because of the way they won. I mean, this was a completely redefining yeah. effort from this team. I guess I want to close up shop with a, a reminder to K-State fans about who you are. Um, Will Howard has led this program to a Big 12 championship. 
remember how you celebrated with Will Howard on the field after Oklahoma State last year. Don't don't turn on him. You know, he he's a talented quarterback, not playing as well as he should and might have been supplanted by a generational talent. We kind of thought this might happen, but when you see it in reality, mm-hmm. I feel for Will mm-hmm. because there's no way anyone in that situation can't realize he's he's better. I mean, he's got to play. And now how Will will handle it will define his, you know, how he's viewed at Kansas State long term. But I'll tell you this. If, if anyone boos Will Howard for coming onto the field next Saturday, I would hope people correct him in the stands. Kids given a lot to K-State football. And I think uh, if you want to direct boos, uh, if they don't play Avery Johnson, uh, th- then make sure you direct those boos at the coaches. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't see Avery Johnson a lot next Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, I'll be dismayed and confused. But I know this also. Chris Kleiman is a smart coach. He's going to do what it takes to win. Last year, he switched quarterbacks. Remember when Adrian came back, we wondered, well, will he take back over? Well, he did for a little bit, but no. He just, no, it became Will Howard's team. You know what this reminds me of, Fitz, as we get ready to wrap up here? There was uh, two quarterbacks at a certain university in Alabama. And they were both very talented. One was uh, had won on them a national championship. There was another freshman that was supposedly a true freshman that was supposed to be really good. Well, Coach Saban, one of the best coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time in college football history, decided that he was going to sit his national championship winning quarterback to play a true freshman. Well, there was a moment in time in an SEC championship game where that National championship winning quarterback needed to come in the come into the game because that freshman got hurt, and that quarterback prepared his butt off and won them that SEC championship game, helped him win another national championship. That's Jalen Hurts, who is now a front runner for an MVP, and Tua Tagovailoa, who is also a front runner for an MV, in a, in, for an NFL MVP. Both those guys had the exact same situation that's going on right now. I'm not comparing Will Howard to Jalen Hurts, and I'm not comparing Tua to Avery Johnson. But what I am saying is that both of these circumstances are similar. And if you look at the mentality of Jalen Hurts and you look at the mentality of Will Howard, both of those guys are leaders on their team and both of them will be ready to step up at any moment. K-State wins at Texas Tech 38-21 in a game that took place at night, but the sunshine was blinding. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.